Good morning, folks. This is Scott with Leading Edge Archery. Got Jason and Bridger with us today. Bridger's back. Mm-hmm. You weren't here Guess last week. Who's I back. wasn't. Back yeah. again. You were gone. Uh, no, you were just being a bum last week. Wasn't he? Or he was gone somewhere. No, when you guys recorded with Jeff. Yeah. No, I was getting ready to drive all night to go to London. Oh, that's right. He had to go to London. He drove like 17, 18 straight hours. Man, had, that's a long way to London. Dude, that had across the water. <laughs> you just got to get a good running start right on the East Coast. And yeah. Skid right across. Skid right across. I thought there. they had a tunnel or something. <laughs> exactly. Oh, Lordy. You know what? I've listened to the last couple of podcasts. have been pretty good. Been fun. Yeah. Yeah, I thought they were good. I hope everybody was liking them. Jeff's was pretty good. And then I listened to Bridger's, and that was all. Actually, yours was amazing. Bridger had some good technical stuff he shared with us. Shoot your bow. What was it? Score more points. I mean, that's guaranteed win. You <laughs> I score love more that. points than the other guy. I love that. That was so funny. That's the basic rule of archery. Yeah, guaranteed exactly. W. Exactly. Well, hey, we got a uh, <clears throat> good guest coming on today. Give us some insight into the manufacturer's world of archery. I'm kind of really excited about this. He'll be our first guest um, from a manufacturer's level to talk through supply chain, kind of like what's going on at their company right now. Um, he'll share what he can share. Let's like drill him and bug the crap out of him about the new bow next year. <laughs> it seems like that is like the the rabbit in the hat that everyone's always wanting to know about. The thing to do. Yeah, <laughs> the thing to do. But anyways, uh, we're going to reintroduce him now. We're really excited to have him on. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he's like number two, number three in the big company right now. He'll probably be humble and say he's not, but he's pretty high up there. Pretty good guy. He's all right. <laughs> and we're supposed to have his illustrious uh, protege here today, Blake Kidder, but Blake's doing Blake things. He's doing Blake things. It has to do with working out, sweating, and getting physical. So anyways, we're going to welcome Paul Gio. Uh, national account sales manager, I believe, for the outdoor group. That is Elite, uh, Slick Trick, CBE, Scott, Wicked. Uh, there's a bunch of them out there. Winter Choice, Torx Stabilizers. Yeah, there you go. Hey, Paul, you there? I am here. Good morning, guys. Oh, did I forget any, Did I forget anybody? Uh, in terms of brands? Yeah, Dual Game Calls was the other one, right? Yeah, so, you know, we own and manufacture nine different brands. Right. Uh, quickly, the list, Elite Archery, Scott Releases, CBE, Custom Bow Equipment, Slick Trick Broadheads, Solid Broadheads, Winner's Choice Strings, Dual Game Calls, Lynch Mob Calls, and Camex Crossbows. Dang. That's a big, big product offer. It's a challenge, for sure. <laughs> How do you like managing and selling all that stuff? Uh, I like a challenge. Uh, yeah. It's fun. Uh, you know, we're archery geeks, right? That's what we do. We love yeah. it. Uh, the challenge is to understand what the consumer wants, what the market demands, and try to meet that demand. So it's constantly evolving. It's ever-changing, and it's a challenge. Yeah, I've, yeah. I don't. I don't think I've I've been in a lot of different industries, of course, outside of archery, and this one is probably the most the evolution that goes through in a calendar year is unbelievable. Every, every almost every brand comes out with a new product every year. Every year, yeah. at least one. You know, and it's funny we you know, go down a rabbit hole here. We call it, but 
it's a lot of people always ask, why do bows not hold their value like guns? Well, that's the exact reason because every single year they come out with a new model, which depreciates the prior year model almost instantaneously like a car. You know, and I always say, if you look at guns, they build a, I don't know, a six hour or a 1911. They've been building it for what, 30 years and they they come out with a new model and they they run it. Yeah, since 1911, whatever. I don't know crap about guns. (laughs) I'm not a gun guy. Whatever. But yo, that's what they do. And then they run that gun forever. And that's why yeah. it holds its value. They rarely come out with new, you know, new models. But we as archers, man, we're we're needy. Would you agree with that, Paul? I would agree with that. And listen, I fall into that category as well. Uh, we're a little guilty of the newest equipment is going to make us a better shot, <laughs> right? Uh, yep. And in some instances, it's true. Uh, but nothing replaces good old fashioned practice, right? Wow. There's another guy who said it. You gotta make a shirt. Right? <laughs> Practice. He must have listened to our last show. Yeah, he must have. That's pretty good. So how's things going over at Elite Archery and the TOG group? Man, it's uh it's it's exciting right now. Uh lots of growth. Uh, probably more so than at any time that I've been here in my nine years with the company. Uh so you know, everyone knows the word COVID, right? The dirty word COVID. Oh, yeah. Um, but, man, you talk about change in industry and change the company. It really forced us to to evaluate uh, our state of manufacturing, which was doing very well. Problem was, there wasn't enough of it. Right. Uh, and, with, and with the demand that COVID brought to our industry, uh, we're, we're just simply in growth mode. Uh, I recently returned from New York. I live in Louisiana. I hadn't been to the factory in a little over a year due to COVID, and I didn't recognize it. Really? The amount of machines there and, you know, the operation, our our ops team is doing a phenomenal job meeting the demand and and really looking to the future on how we continue to meet the demand because it's at a point, Scott, where we've never seen it before. Yeah, it is. It's it's unprecedented for sure. You know, what's interesting too, you guys are in New York, which, you know, historically was probably one of the most oppressive states during that COVID crisis, you know, from what, keeping workers? I mean, from a uh, restriction and COVID protocol. Exactly. I imagine imagine New York for you guys was was crazy being able or trying to work through all the protocols and stuff you guys had with COVID through the state mandates and then I mean, doing that and then trying to keep up with manufacturing and all that stuff is well, just insane. Yeah, and that's my point. You know, and Paul, I'm going to, you know, you guys got to tip your hat. Um, out of the what I call the big five manufacturers, you guys are, I, I think, ahead of the game when it comes to delivery right now. Yeah, it, it seems to be the case. Um, and and that's, that's old-fashioned hard work uh, and, and nothing more. I tell you, if there's one thing we do well at TOG is we, we know how to fight. Uh, we've been fighting since we entered the industry. Yeah. Just trying to create a space and an awareness of what we do. And we've, and we've never stopped. Uh, and we're still fighting. So, you know, we didn't have the luxury of being a legacy brand. And so we've always been in that position where we had to scratch and fight for really everything that we earn 
Um, and we're still doing it. And when COVID hit, right, just, just like going back to war, you know, we were fight ready and we fought through it. It was, it was not easy. Yeah. Uh, there were some, some warriors in that factory uh, that did some things that allowed us to stay afloat and get ahead of the game. So uh, they did not take a break. They did not say, hey, listen, we're going to sit around and wait for this to pass. We recognize that uh, our partners in the field were still operating. Uh, they needed help, so we just we started fighting once again. Yeah, well, you guys did an outstanding job because, I, like I said, out of the five manufacturers we carry and, and what I know about the others even, um, you guys have got lead times under control um, in a much better situation than, than others right now. And I'm talking by over 10 weeks for the most part. Yeah, I mean, what for, for elite right now is what, six weeks six worst weeks, case scenario for the most part. And that's that's like best case scenario for a lot of other oh, manufacturers yeah, at the moment. They, well, they'll tell you six weeks and you'll get it in 10. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I mean. It's yeah. their best case yeah. best case scenario and that's you know the longest it's taken for you guys so which is i mean for us it's nice because we can always have bows hanging in here and yeah if somebody wants something different it, we can still get it to them before you know before season opens opens yeah you know exactly. if they're going elk cutting or mule early season mule deer yep yeah something like that well like so. i said hats off to you guys so for definitely paul because i think you guys did a great job you know i <laughs> Honestly, I was going to ask you, did that have something to do with, and I, I think you guys walked into a perfect storm, meaning that I think if I had to guess coming out of the manufacturing world myself and the aerospace part of it, you know, you guys rolling out your bow early last year, I think helped that. Would you agree? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I would agree with that for sure. Yeah. Because, you know, you guys came out, I want to say what, late October, early November, I think it was. And, yeah, um, it, was, it was late October, Scott. Late October. And then, so yeah. that, that gives you basically, what, three months of, of, you know, ramp up and everyone else coming out, let's say, in that December, January timeframe, and then COVID hit within, what, 60 days after that. Mm -hmm. um, Correct. That's, that had to just put you ahead of the game a little bit, just from a forecasting model. And I think it's, I, I tell a lot of people that, you know, if someone waits this year and comes out in December, which they may because they're having so many problems trying to just get current orders up to date. It's, I, I can see the industry taking a, I don't know. I worry about the industry this year for that reason. If guys, companies coming out with new equipment and then they're not even caught up with their current, you know, supply chain. Yeah. And listen, manufacturers are challenged right now. Uh, I mean, COVID still exists. Right. The unemployment stimulus checks have given a lot of employees reason not to go to work. Right. And so a lot of these manufacturers are really, you know, they're, they're forced to, to, to build with what they have. And, and it's not like you can just bring someone into a factory and say, hey, go build this bow, go build this <laughs> part. There's a right. skill set that's learned and it takes time. It, it's, uh, it's been a challenge for all manufacturers. Um, yeah, understood. And you know, Scott, you said, listen, we brought the bow out early. It helped it, you know, helped us forecast it did. It also helped our, our partners in the field uh, get the bow, understand the bow, know how to sell the bow, yeah. get familiar with it. Uh, so they had a story to communicate with the customers. And 
that helps tremendously too. You know, as an industry, we change that story every year for the for for the dealer for the partner. We make them relearn a new bow every year. Yeah, now go exactly. tell a different story to the customer, and that's challenging as well. But that's what the market demands right now. But an early launch uh, is a good thing, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I, I agree a thousand percent. You know, and plus, you guys, it's, it's no secret, this has been one of our top selling bows this year, um, the Encore series and the Remedy. And, um, you know, from a standpoint of, I'm, I remember Bridger and I got a chance to shoot those bows in our hands with uh, Blake here before the rollout. Yeah, it was like a day or two early. But yeah. Yeah, I remember getting to see him a little yeah. bit. And, and, and I know I called it right away, bow of the year for me. I mean, period. Unless somebody does something stupid amazing. Um, and we kind of communicated that information back to our customer base. You know, we, we are a Western mountain hunting shop down here in South Texas and right. it just, it, it hit every one of the check boxes for me. Mm -hmm. I mean, every single one of them and, uh, you know, plug for, for elite. If you ain't shot listeners, you ain't shot an elite encore remedy. You better get your butt into a shop and go try it. Cause it's a hell of a bow. I mean, it's got everything. I love for it. Sure. Yeah. Um, so what's your guys' supply chain? I know a lot of this stuff is, you know, you guys are always like everybody. Um, it's funny cause I was going to go down a rabbit hole about a customer call this morning. It got me really fired up, but I won't do that. I know they're looking at the, these two guys are shaking their head already. <laughs> oh, you're, you're standing at the edge of the rabbit hole. We're just I know. Jump in. No, I'm not going to do it. But, but honestly, from a standpoint of supply chain, you guys are, are tied to your suppliers and getting you raw material to build with. Kind of like we are then in turn, you know, stuck behind you as a manufacturer to get product in to sell. Um, what's that supply chain looking for you like for you guys right now? Well, that's a great question, and it's there's really not a simple answer to that. Uh, I'll do my best job. To I got gotcha. you. So, you know, as I mentioned before, we're in growth mode. Here's the cool thing about the outdoor group and how we function as a team. So there's there's a core group of guys there at the company and gals that where we sit down weekly and we meet and we go through forecast meetings mm -hmm. and we and we don't necessarily just operate off historicals, but we also operate off what we call you know future trends. Right. And and so as we sit down and, and hash this out, we're really looking at not only what we've done in the past, but what we expect to do in the future. And right. And because of that, we feel like we get ahead of the game. So, you know, we're constantly looking at three, four, six, even a, um, three, four, six months, even a year ahead when this is the trend that we're going, are we prepared to meet it? Right. If not, how do we pivot? How do we get in that position and how do we make sure we're able to still deliver? Even going through all that, still been a challenge, right? You got to be careful with your forecast uh, and make sure as a company you're making wise decisions. But right. it, it's very strategic how we approach it. Scott, we just don't sit back and go, we believe we're going to sell this. We actually, we have tons of data that supports our decisions and, and we operate accordingly. Gotcha. Are most of your supply chain partners pretty in a pretty good position right now as far as raw materials go? better than I, I would have imagined. So I would have to give them an A at this point if I had that's to grade them. Yeah. yeah, that's really good. Say, so, yeah, I know for, for, I mean, not just archery, but every industry, because we have a lot of customers that are, you know, in oh, yeah. contracting and construction, you know, be it steel or aluminum concrete, 
uh, electronic stuff, like everything is all is, you know, if they say six weeks, it's 10 weeks if you're lucky. <laughs> right. And then, you know, and you're expecting something worse than that. So, I mean, to be able to give somebody a, an A for <laughs> getting you raw materials is yeah, pretty that's, impressive. That's pretty damn it's, impressive. That's, that's a, that's a boat, good boat to be in yeah. that a lot of people aren't, no. aren't in. No, not at all. Right. You guys, and, and you know, not not to get political on this in any means, but you know, COVID really exposed the weakness uh, of American manufacturing, mm-hmm. right? Without a doubt, without and, our, doubt. and our dependence on so many other people across the globe, uh, it really exposed it. And so, as companies sit there and and are dependent upon others to meet their customers' needs. Um, it's been a challenge for them. We're not so much in that boat. You know, right. we are an American manufacturer. Um, we do have partners that help support us, but the vast majority, the core of our company is built right there in Henrietta, New York. Right. And we're in control of it. And it really puts us in a position of power. No, I, I, exactly. You know, <clears throat> man, you talking about a rabbit hole. I want to go down bad. Paul, if you don't want to do this, we can edit this out. But I got a question, and I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna. This is a scary one, because you know this yeah. has been going around the industry now for probably what five years. I'm gonna say because I've been hearing this, and I hear it from a lot of companies, and I think a lot of it is what I call, you know, corporate corporate positioning. You know, mm-hmm. you hear a lot, and I hear this from other shops, other manufacturers, just chatter on the tour, especially mm-hmm. financial. Financially, I want you to level set this. They're always talking about elites in trouble. Elites in trouble. TOG group is financially just not there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're getting ready to close their doors at any minute. I mean, I hear this every freaking year. Now, yeah, me too. As, as a, as a I retailer. I don't know how, because, <clears throat> I mean, they're not walking out, but damn, we, we sell oh, all what, kinds uh, of and, and that's what I'm saying. Bows, man. So, so I have always believed, and I, that's why I want you to, and like I said, you don't have to answer this. Jason's really good at editing. <laughs> um, but, level set this for us because yeah because i'm not i'm not seeing that um i think there are some manufacturers scared of you guys right now um i think it's what's driving some of that um you know give us the lowdown are you guys good oh absolutely uh we're we're very solid and have been yeah uh one thing you know the archery industry is very sensitive to any change oh yeah right and, and what people have been interpreting us going out of business has really been watching us change and strengthen. So as we do something different and as we act different, uh, the only way they can interpret it is that we're in trouble. When in all reality, what we were doing was just getting stronger, getting better at what we do, you know, pressing a pause button for a minute and evaluate and going, okay, guys, this isn't exactly how we want to do it. How do we make it better? Right. 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 And because, because of the pause, right. Once again, it was interpreted as they're in trouble, uh, not in trouble at all. Uh, we're experiencing and have been for a while, really unprecedented growth. Uh, and it's due to Scott, people like you out there telling our story, but elite solid, all the brands are solid. They're, they're healthy. They're growing. We're excited about the future. Heck, we're excited about the present. But yeah, we're we're in, in good position, <laughs> and and we're planning uh, not only for next year, but heck, man, we're looking at five years ahead right, right. now. Um, and that 
that's not a survival position. That's a that's a position of, of growth. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, the Abdul group's in in very good shape. Yeah, um, I'd say that's one like advantage to you guys being a, a younger company, especially when you compare it to like Hoyt, who's been around for damn near yeah. eighty years. Right. And, I mean. Matthews, Ma- 50 years. I mean, yeah. well, Matthews has only been around 30, they, probably. Uh, just right around there, 92 yeah. or something. Uh, PSE has been around a long time, but because you guys are a younger company, you're a little more, you're less risk averse to, you know, kind of tainting whatever name you had from, you know, 80 years ago, like what Hoyt's got. So it's easier for you guys to kind of change around and mix the bag up a little bit which I think is why Elite's been so successful in the short amount of time it's been around. Because how long, how long has Elite been building boats? Since, what, 2005? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, basically we're in our 12th year as a, as a brand. Right. Uh, so, I mean, when you look across the board, that's, I mean, that's not a long time compared to some other companies. Yeah, yeah, that's a baby. And to have the impact that the Elite and the outdoor group has had already in that short amount of time. Yeah, we're, impressive. yeah, you know, in terms of com- coming in and competing with these legacy companies, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we're still a, you know, a puppy in the industry. Uh, we're young, uh, but the thing we like about that is, and this is a kind of a a position that we've always wanted to be in and stay in is to be nimble, right. uh, and be able to pivot and address, you know. What does the industry need? What does our dealers want? And and being nimble, uh, we feel like it, it is an advantage uh, to be able to move quickly. You know, one thing that I really, really am proud of our company about is this, is our ability to listen. If you kind of go through the insiders in the industry, see it, you know, people like yourself, but if you watch the evolutions of our product, you know, lots of times people are saying, that's what we needed. I'm glad y'all listen. And, and that's what we, I feel like we do very well is listen. Our sales team in the field talk to our dealers constantly. They communicate very well. And we ask our dealers, what do they need? What do they want? What are the customers asking for? And all that information pours right back into our ops team, our engineering department. And they sit down and look at that and go, how can we address that, that need that's out there in the field? Yeah, and so we're constantly changing. We're not in a closet, just building what we think people like. Our goal is to find out what they need and build what they want. Yeah, and that's no, that's what a young company can do: being nimble. Yeah, there's no doubt that works because I know I've <clears throat> I've talked to Blake about it. Blake's our our kidder is our local uh, regional rep, and he we're blessed that he lives like two miles from the shop. And Blake and I, I know Bridger, you and mm-hmm. you and Blake will talk for hours sometimes about things. And Blake's really good at listening. He hears it. And I know for a fact that he goes straight back to, to Jason and your guys' head engineer and gets it done a well, lot I mean, of times. It's super easy. See, so you just look at the last two years worth of bow models. We went from, you know, we had the Cure, which was an awesome bow, mm-hmm. really good shooting. But the one complaint that we had and a lot of customers had was, you know, it's it's a, it's a little bit slower a little bow. Bit slow. Yeah. And what do you guys come out with this Next year? year you come out mods. with a little bit shorter <laughs> brace bow that's still forgiving, and a and a module that can take any of the last two years model bow and increase the speed by, you know, six to almost ten feet well, per hell, second, depending on where you're at. So, yeah. 
the fact that you know if anybody says that you guys don't listen to customers they're crazy the industry and what people want is is nuts yeah you know just from one year one year you guys went from probably the slowest bow that we carried to the quickest but it was the 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 number one thing that everybody said or the number one comment everybody had on that cure was man i wish it was faster and basically came out with a faster cure this year in the encore and you know a little bit more forgiving one that could still be as fast or faster yeah with the remedy you know you put the performance mods on it so i and we always say like that bow is the easiest easiest tune but it's the most tunable yeah excuse me you guys are definitely um i I got i always had a saying you open a shop you carry either i'm gonna give a plug here but bowtech or now elite Mm -hmm. because bowtech with the dual yoke systems if you can't tune it really you need to find another job because that's easy and now you all with the new set system it is literally the easiest bow that we have to tune period and i you know once you train one of our techs it uh it's gravy you know and it's and that's another thing you know hell i bitched about you guys with the shim systems forever (laughs) you know and and and, you know and i I used to tear blake apart man if i had a bad mood one day and i had to reshim one God, and I have I have days like that. I used to call Blake and go, "This is why you're goddamn bow." And I used to rip him up one side down the other. And uh, yeah, and then look, look, you guys come out with the set system, and I haven't pulled an axle out of an elite bow in a year. Well, hell, other than <laughs> other than putting a peep sight in, we never even have to put them in the press. No, it's crazy. No, and and, and man, that that really all boils down to our willingness to listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, and and I promise you, Scott, you weren't, Bridger, y'all weren't the only people saying that. Yeah, you know, uh, my phone doesn't stop ringing, and that's a good thing. People call because they care. Man, right. I like you both. You both right. shoot's great. It's just it 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 takes longer to set up. It puts me at a disadvantage when I'm busy. Right, right. so our team huddles up. How do we address that? Um, you know, and we sit down and and listen. Good ideas come from everywhere, right? Right. Uh, being able to listen to those around you, having a good team, uh, and and taking these ideas and and really pushing the envelope to what we think the norm is, or what has been, and how do we change it? You know, really is the is is the birthplace of of set technology. Right. Uh, be, because we just didn't sit back and go, okay, that's that's who we are. That's what we do. We go, how do we make it better for the dealer? Right. right. How do we give the customer a better experience? And just out of that desire to improve, it's, you know, where set was born. Uh, it's a pretty cool story. And, and listen, we're still looking even at, at more ways to, to improve the bow. We're constantly tinkering. Um, right. You just can't settle. If you become complacent in archery, uh, you will know it very quickly. Right. Oh yeah. Well, and then, you know, uh, I'll, I'll key on just the engineering side of it because the set system I think works so well. I know there was a lot of heat in the marketplace when you guys came out with it. Well, PSE's already done this, you know, and I have to explain away. Well, there's a big difference between what PSE did and what you guys did. You know, PSE's system was on the front end of that pocket, which is the weakest pivot point when you get to full draw. It's mm-hmm. getting the least amount of stress and you, it can walk. But you guys moving it to the back end on the rocker side, I mean, that system's not moving. Because that's the highest right. pressure point in that limb, in that system, when it goes into its full draw um, capacity, which locks that system in. And it's a two-way locking system yeah. on top of it. It ain't moving. Well, heck, and I remember right. talking to to Nathan Brooks about it 
you know, when he was testing them out and stuff, he was beating it against a patio concrete and throwing <laughs> it in the freezer, putting it in the oven, like all kinds of crazy yeah. stuff. Yeah, I heard he's the myth, he's the myth buster guy <laughs> for you guys. <laughs> Is it myth buster? I think he's the myth buster guy for you guys, the guy that just destroys stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a great analogy. Kind of is, yeah. You know, uh, yeah. That that you know that that system it's continuously under load. That's why it doesn't move. A hundred percent. Yes. And, and and you hit the nail on the head. It's really where it's positioned that that really allows it to, to function as well as it does. Uh, it just simply works. Yeah. Uh, By the way, we got to get Nathan on here sometime too, because man, I, I heard he is a, a geek like me and Bridger are, and I'd love to pick his brain. That'd oh, Nathan's very very involved uh, with us from a company perspective. Uh, obviously, you know the the streaming world knows Nate for his 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 talent, right? Right, right. Uh, but what archery really doesn't know about Nathan is inside that talented archer is an engineer, right? Uh, and he's constantly <clears throat> tweaking, and he's been just such a valuable addition to the outdoor group and just how he thinks because he thinks about things differently. Right. And he brings a, a completely different perspective to our thought process, which, like I said, uh, is just very valuable. Uh, well, very what, I, what I think you guys have done different over my other manufacturers, and I'm going to speak out loud, and Bridger, you maybe, you know, let me know if I'm wrong on this, but. You guys have Nathan Brooks, basically a professional archer, who, you know, made his mark mm-hmm. shooting his bow, you know, and he's damn good at it. But now he's an integral part of your, your R&D team and, and, and the company as far as, you know, quality control, I'll call it. Then you've mm-hmm. got Tom, you got Tommy Gomez, I know, who's in charge of uh, production, I believe now. And uh, Tommy, ex-professional archer, he still shoots, you know, competes, but professional archer, shot his bow forever, worked it archery country here, right here in Texas, right up the road from mm-hmm, us mm-hmm. for a lot of years. So he knows the retail side of the business and now he is running your production facility, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, the, so you've got some guys in places and positions that are, man, they're not just within the industry. They don't have just a, a, a specialty in manufacturing or production or R and D and quality, but these guys shoot their damn bow and there has got to be some great value in that. Oh, they're, yeah, Scott, you, you, you touched on something that I think makes us unique, really. I mean, the outdoor group is a company of archers at every <laughs> level. I mean, go. we're archers building for archers. Uh, you might have an individual downstairs in Scott polishing the hooks, right? Yeah. Someone would think, oh, that's just a simple process. But he's an archer, and he knows the value of it. Right. And he, and he knows that every every level watt needs to be good because not only does, does he sell it, he uses it. And, right. that, and that's our company as a whole. Uh, uh, we have a factory. There's a machine and we have a league at night and the guys that every day, the gals, they're competing with it in the evening. And so it gives them a great perspective uh, as to how things need to work and why they have to do the best they can do. You know, in terms of Tommy and, and Nathan and what they bring to the company, Nathan's the idea guy. Nathan right. can come up with, with a great idea. So can the engineering team. But what Tommy does as a shooter, right? He goes, okay, that is a great idea, but can you build it and deliver it properly? <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. 
and and so that perspective as a professional archer from both ends, yeah, you can come up with a great idea, but can you build it? Yeah. Can you repeat it? And can you deliver it at a price that, that is fair? And that's really what Tommy brings to the table. Uh, yes, we can do that. No, we can't do that. And, and so the, you know, both ends of the, of this spectrum there are, are just super valuable. Right. Oh, there's no doubt about it. I think, I think that puts you guys in a great position because I can't say that about a lot of other manufacturers having people in that, in that area mm-hmm. of expertise. Well, you know, I, I honestly don't know. I, I, I don't know what, what the other manufacturers have, but, uh, yeah, I can tell you what the outdoor group is a family of archers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you guys have done a good job of, you know, kind of picking and pulling and choosing guys that have been in, not only in the, in the industry a while, you know, that kind of know their way around stuff, but guys that have a lot of, you know, with their experience and everything, you know, knowing what bows need and don't need and, you know, being able to use those ideas. One thing I appreciate is, uh, I know the set system and the cam system you guys are using. And I remember in, uh, your guys initial debut video, the cam system that was on the cure and now the encore and the remedy was originally just a target, you know, an idea just for the, the target bows. And we said, we, you know, you guys said you needed to move everything over and kind of integrate it fully into the, or integrate it into the full line of products that you guys have. So yeah, as a target archer that, you know, fixes bows all the time and <laughs> right. tries to squeak every last ounce of performance out of my own bow, you know, seeing that kind of, lead the charge down the whole line of bows it's kind of yeah cool. without a doubt yeah, yeah and that's that's, that's right. another that's another thing you know you got a guy sitting across me over here that shoots for you guys who's you need to go pick his damn brain it's it's a wealth of stuff if i could show you the amount of uh i told it i said this on the last podcast bridger needs a dremel sponsorship and lowe's <laughs> and lowe's hardware yeah. and home depot I, I will say in your in in the elite's defense, this bow I've dremeled the least out of almost any, any bow I've ever shot. So <laughs> that, might, that, that might be true. Because honestly, you know, you talked about it. you took a couple of guys, you know, off the streets and put them in positions where I don't think they actually have like, you know, a master's or a bachelor's degree in, and um, and have turned them into you know a, a really important people as far as in your in your in uh, company. You know, Bridger, I've said it before. This guy was a dummy for not going to get his engineering degree his mechanical engineering degree if there's one thing Bridger, that he missed out on Bridger it's simple you can do send me your cell phone number I'm, I'm not <laughs> no and I'm not I'm not plugging him for to, for selfish reasons I'm being serious I mean I'm a mechanical engineer Paul Bridger's as oh, good yeah. as Bridger's as good as I am when it comes to that stuff I mean I his brain works like an engineer's and he comes up with some stuff that blows my mind sometimes I mean even you know, even like I should have thought about that. Damn, you know. So I'm going to give oh, him a right. plug. Yeah, he, he's. I'm not kidding. He's. He's. Uh, you want to think of some unique, crazy ways of doing crap? He's. He's got it. Well, that's, <laughs> that's, that's sure. something. That's something we've said multiple times. Man, I wish I would have thought of that. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and therein lies the problem. Uh, being able to <laughs> constantly come up with, oh, yeah. with good ideas. It, you know, it, it's fascinating. Uh, archers look forward to launches every year. Would you say so? Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> right, and and it's the new, right? The new, the shiny. What's coming? What is going to 
uh, make you better. It's hard. That's hard to deliver every year. Yeah. Right. You're constantly seeking that, that, that game changer, if you will. And, you know, um, that's why you have to listen. Well, that's, that's something I'm always preaching my team. Be a good listener. Listen, right. Yeah. Um, absorb what's coming in around you and, and good ideas are, are important, but good ideas are also rare. Agreed. Uh, so, uh, we're, we're always open to getting better. That's, that's what we do. We, we look at the, in the mirror every day and go, how do we get better today? What can we do today to make us better than yesterday? Better than last week and better than last month. It's, it's difficult. Uh, you don't always do it, but we certainly try. Yeah. Without a doubt. So let's talk about, uh, if you don't mind, just maybe hit the high points um, <clears throat> about each of your brands. Because, you know, I, I think a lot of people don't realize that Elite is more than just Elite. I mean, mm-hmm. the outdoor group as a, as a whole. Um, you know, we as retailers know you guys, but some of the customers I don't think can will put the, the pieces together that the outdoor group consists of these seven or eight brands. Um, you know, we talked about Elite a lot. You guys are launching a new bow next year, I'm assuming, Correct. Uh, yes, we will. Absolutely. Okay. Gotcha. Um, are you guys going to stick with that same rollout schedule, roughly? You think you're going to come out early? I know you may not. You may not want to give out some of these trade secrets. <laughs> well, our, our goal is to be consistent there, right? And you have to you have to manage what you're giving at that time. So our goal is obviously to to launch a new bow, uh, and that's what we're working toward today. So I would anticipate uh, having some new bows out there. Yeah, sweet. Um, I know from the elite side of things, you know, you guys came out with the elite encore and the remedy, which we love. Like I said, definitely one of our top, if, I think it is, is our it top is our top seller. Yeah, seller. Encore seller. is for sure. Um, I think your biggest home run though was in the, and I'm not going to sit here and cherry coat this. I was the biggest skeptic on this one was the elite Ember. Your guys is uh, price point kids, women's bow. Right. I mean, that was your guys' home run this year. You believe that? Yeah, I can actually, because uh, I see I see the numbers and, and I hear the testimonials that come back. Here, here was the goal with that bow, right? And, and it wasn't necessarily to be a kid's or a woman's bow. It was just designed to be an introductory bow. Gotcha. Uh, and what we wanted to do is get in a conversation with that beginning archer, right? An archer coming in uh, that necessarily wasn't going to jump in with both feet and, and buy top of the line bow, but wanted to test the market. Right. And there was a lot of brand loyalty being built with other brands because we didn't play in that space. Right. So we, we wanted to get in that space and, and you know, that Ember was really a bow that, that had been in the works for a couple of years. And we, we sat back and and would evaluate and, and go, we're not ready to take that to the market. Yet. It's not quite what we want. Right. But, it's it's performed probably a little higher than what my expectations were, but I had high expectations for that bow, right? Um, as as did the brand, and it's really opened the eyes to a lot of people as to how we approach shooting a bow uh, and the benefits of how we build a bow, and it's it's been just humbling to watch what it has done and 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 to see the kids out there shooting it over and over it's 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 really neat to watch it's yeah. uh, kind of a proud moment for the for the brand 
Well, you guys took a, and I'll say it. I mean, you, you took a big chunk out of that diamond infinite edge group. I mean that bass pro bow, and I'm not going to sit there and knock it. It has introduced more people to archery Mm -hmm. that bow at at that price point that they have, but you took it and put it on steroids. I mean, I mean, I always when talking to new newer archers or people that are wanting to get into it and they kind of, you know, they'll walk in here and see the, see our price list for, you know, a, an encore or remedy. And then they'll walk a little further down and see for like a Hoyt RX five or a yeah. carbon mock one from PSE. And they're like, Holy F man, like this stuff's like crazy to get into. <laughs> right. Right. But like telling somebody that, you know, I can show them, you know, if they're wanting to get their kid into it and I show them that Ember, you know, I can say, Hey, it's, you know, it's a couple hundred bucks more than, you know, say a, a like you said, an infinite yeah, edge or a, a mission craze or something like that, but it's a better piece of equipment and it, it's always more fun to shoot good. It's always more fun to be good at whatever you're trying to get into. And it's way easier to be good at it. Yeah. You know, with a little bit better equipment and that compared to the other bows, you know, in that same class, I would argue that it is a better bow oh, just yeah. raw, from a raw material standpoint. When you sit there and look at it, it's, it's really, you can Every, take, it's a remedy without set system. Everybody. Well, yeah, everybody else's is, you know, a forged magnesium riser with Correct. plastic limb pockets and right. plastic modules yeah. and everything on that bow is machined aluminum. Yep. Yeah. Which, that was, I mean, that's hard to, that's hard to get a for that price point, but B for that class of bow Yeah, that it's down. in, you know, to, to have the same quality of equipment as, you know, your, your flagship series stuff. It's, right. it's hard mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. That was a, that was a heck, a heck of a home run for you guys. I think it really, and I hope you guys expand on that. I think my only complaint is make it left-handed. That was the only issue I had with it this year is I had a lot of people wanting to buy that that were lefties. Right. Right. And, then, and, and that's, and that's consistent. We hear, we hear that often. Yeah. Other than that though. Yeah. Home run. For sure. And uh, like I said, we're excited to see what's going to come out of Elite this year. It's, uh, you know, even from the target side, I know you guys, um, you know, changed up your target bow a lot after the Victory X series and went over to the the new results um, and been pretty successful with that bow. Um, I'm hoping you guys will do some things different for the next one. I'm excited to see here, maybe see, but um, had a good year. Um, and maybe while we're talking about Elite, we can go down a rabbit hole of, you know, your guys' you know, your pro tour staff. Um, you know, you guys got Nathan, um, Jacob Marlowe, Bridger across from me, of course. Um, who else? We I mean, got Chance. Chance Bobeff, yeah. Chance is shooting really good right now, too. Chance is shooting yeah. good. We got Richard Bowen, who's Richard podiumed Bowen. at, I think, every indoor event for the last five yeah. years. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, I've, <laughs> and, God, poor sucker can't. It just can't it like for whatever reason. I mean, not that he's not shooting good enough, but yeah. for whatever reason, he always gets e- eked out yeah. by somebody else. But he's yeah. been on the podium and damn near every indoor event for the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, Jacob's been shooting good for the ASAs and such. Yeah. And you got Alexis uh, sitting number one. Alexis. Yeah, Alexis on the women's side. Just, she's amazing. She's been number one. Well, I mean, I guess we didn't really have international competition last year, but she's been number one for at least a year and a half, two years. Yeah. So holding it down this year. mm -hmm. Yeah. But you guys are doing really good on the, on the tour, right, Paul? Yes, absolutely. And and we can't forget, you know, the famous Darren Christianberry. Oh yeah. The man. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we we forget about Darren because he's got another big primary job, which is managing all them people. Right. Yeah. And, and it is a job and, and Darren, 
is outstanding at, at doing that and just juggling, you know, the needs of, of all these archers. It's, it's a task. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, he, he's, he's been around the proverbial block a time or two. Been yeah. there, done that, got the t-shirt. <laughs> a little bit. He's been around for a little not in the not, buckle, that's yeah, right. He's got a calling, few of those. <laughs> not calling Darren old, but yeah, he's been around the block a few times. Well, heck, you know, Darren, heck, Darren, Darren is a staple, right? Yeah, he, he's a staple in the industry. Everybody knows him. He's a, Darren's an archery icon. That's yeah. simply what he, he is. Yeah, might be one of the nicest guy. guys I've ever met, but he was actually, exactly. Darren was one of the first, uh, like, pro archers that I befriended or got to know a little bit, yeah. you know, when I first started getting into the, into the pro, pro side of stuff. Gosh, I think it was probably 20, like 2011, 2000. Right. No, it might've been 2009. Iowa mm-hmm. Pro-Am was still up in Mason City in a cattle barn, basically. Right. <laughs> you know, it was bringing me to a point. I mean, Paul, you guys are, you know, you're, I'd consider you now big business. You guys are, you know, you guys are cracked that, that top three, top four echelon as far as, you know, manufacturing. So, you know, and I've been a part of a lot of growing companies over my career. And whenever that happens, you know, it's a lot of times you'll lose that, uh, that small town feel, that, that relationship that you have, um, mm-hmm. relationship type business that really got you to where you are. Right. And, and I know you guys didn't have, haven't had a lot of turnover in shooting staff in the last, so I'm going to say last five years, you know, in mm-hmm. about every, every two to three years we go through contract rollover. I mean, and we'll share, I'll share a little bit about the about that part of the industry for the listener where, you know, you got shooters moving, they're contractually moving to other manufacturers. And, and I don't care what anybody says it is. If they say it ain't about the money, it is always about the money. Now, I always get a kick out of the guys who post, you know, well, I don't have nothing to do with the money. I just didn't want to do you know, this bull crap, bro. It's the money. And you'll, so you'll see people jump. I guess my question is, is that I've also noticed that a lot of times people will retain shooters because they just got a great team. It's a good atmosphere. It makes it difficult for that shooter to leave for more money if it's not enough to make a difference, let's say. Um, right. you, guys have, you guys have done a pretty good job on retaining, you know, your archers. Is a lot of that due to the fact that you guys are family-type oriented and not letting that, that big growth get to your head? Absolutely. I mean, you, you hit the, the nail on the head with the word family. I mean, your shooting staff has to perform right uh that's it's part of what they do and, yeah. and listen our, our shooting staff does perform it it's only a part of the job when you when you start coming out staff everybody talks about pro staff pro staff pro staff and and i think one of the focus focuses that that we really put on on, on that term it's not professional staff it's promotional staff yeah yeah and so our team is really good uh and not only shooting well and competing well but once once that last arrow shot Right, we go back to the trailer, or we go back to the booth. They're really good at embracing the archer. Yeah, uh, you, you'll notice that at our booths that we're very active with the customer, celebrating with them, talking to them, sharing information, just really reeling them in to quote the family. Um, that's where that's where it, that's what it's all about. Right? Yeah, without um, doubt. And, and listen, we want good shooters, absolutely, and, and we have them, and we look for them. But we also want good people. Uh, we want that guy or that gal that's going to take the time and talk to mom and dad, or talk to the to the kid, or help the person that's struggling, and and just share 
you know, success with them. And our staff does that great. They're, 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 they're great at doing that and just embracing the archery community. Uh, but in terms of retention, you know, we, we don't just take our shooting staff and go, okay, go shoot. Well, why didn't you <laughs> right. win? Or you could be better. We reel them in. We want them to be a part of the big picture. We want them to feel like they have a say-so in what we do. Uh, they're important. Their ideas are important. Our company has has shown that to be effective. And so they are a part of a family. They're more than just a shooter. They're, they're a part of the company. Right. Uh, and I think that's what it boils down in terms of retention. Throw Darren in the mix, right? And he manages that and keeps people happy and he listens and He's concerned. Uh, he's he, he's a big part of that glue that keeps all of it together. But it, at the end of the day, it boils down to good people working with good people. Well, uh, yeah. I think that's our recipe for success in that regard. Well, once again, you know, I forgot it. I didn't forget about Darren, but yeah. Darren is an ex-professional archer. Not ex, but he's a professional archer. You put in a key position in your business to manage and, and to help that grow. So that's, that's three guys. Now. Yeah. I mean, as, as, I mean, there's no secret to it. As somebody's shot, I've shot for a number of different companies, but right. for, you know, all facets of my equipment and man, it's hard to say that, or it's easy to say that elite's one of the easiest companies to shoot for Yeah, from a, you know, personnel standpoint. Yeah. Without so a doubt. That, that stuff's easy to see. And that it definitely doesn't go unnoticed. A, on the inside of it, you know, being on, on your guys' staff, but I think also from the outside looking in, everybody else looks at it and it's like, man, it, well, yeah. it's easy to see for sure. But, well, I mean, you guys have definitely have more than just Elite, though, with, I mean, obviously, some of the other products out there. I've, right. I've used dual game calls for, like, damn near 10 years, I'd argue. They're, that I've got one of your guys' uh, slate turkey calls and that's, I've called more birds in with that thing yeah. than any other call out there. My dad uses solid broadheads and has for a long time Yeah, and loves right. those things. So well, that's why I was, you know, and Blake, you know, being here, one of my, he's a, one of our closest friends. And so sometimes we get a little more insight into you guys than we probably should. <laughs> I'm going to throw him under the bus. Don't fire him anything, Paul. He might kill me for saying this, but look, but this is, the, this is true. And I've known Blake for 16 years and he's, you know, it's not a secret. He's been courted by some other businesses mm -hmm. and he's came to me, you know, and talked to me about it from a, from a, from a pure business standpoint. And I will tell you, you guys retaining Blake Kidder was probably one of the biggest feathers in your hat, in my opinion, because <laughs> I know the guy. He's, uh, he is, he is bought in hook, line and sinker with what you guys are doing. And that's very unblake like over the last, since I've known him. I mean, he's, and that's a big deal because I think that some other people in the industry that Blake, because Blake's, you know, everybody knows Blake. And, uh, you know, I even hear it from other manufacturers, you know, when's he getting out of that blue jersey? <laughs> and uh, I think he's in it for the long haul with you guys. That was probably for me, from an insider's look at it, was told me where you guys were headed as a business. I think that was pretty evident that things are trending on the right track. Right, right. Well, I'm, you know, Scott, and, you know, there's, there's career hoppers out there. There's people that go from from job to job looking for that paycheck. And oh yeah, <laughs> money's important. Let's make no bones about it. Uh, but you also you have to feel fulfilled, fulfilled in what you do as an archer, right? This is a, as you know, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here. Archery isn't something we do; it's who we are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
And if you're not an archer, it's hard to understand. Yep. Uh, um, but when you get in this industry, you, you, you don't do it just for a paycheck. There's a lot of other reasons why you get into it. You want to, you want to make a difference. You you, you want to leave your thumbprint on something. And, and that's what we allow our employees to do to come in and, and make a good living, but be a part of, of archery, not just go sell or go build, be a part of the sport. Uh, and, and, and leave your thumbprint on it, make a difference. And, and, and I think that's why we do have good retention is because we allow our people to make that difference. Right. Um, gotcha. It could be a big one. It could be a small one. But when you do make it and, and you're a part of that, you see your suggestion come to life in a product that others use and experience and have fun with, uh, it, it makes it hard to, to want to work anywhere else because, you see the difference you're making. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, I mean, example with Blake, small stuff. He Blake's super proud that you guys decided to go with his particular shade of green for the OD green on the on the hunting bows. Yeah, right. Even something and small as that. You know, people liked it. Uh, once again, good ideas come from everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Are you, are you listening? I can. Listen, when I first started with the company, how the company's evolved over the years has been pretty neat to watch. When I first started, you know, I started as a sales guy, and that's what I did. Uh, well, people wanted to know how much I was selling. That was it, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, but we sit down as a team very often uh, and talk about the state of everything, right? What are you hearing from your dealers? What are you hearing from your customers? Uh, and, and these guys communicate well, and uh, we. I'm repeating myself, and forgive me, but a simple thing as a color makes a big difference. Oh yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Uh, mm-hmm. this, it's the little things. The devils are in the details. Uh, hey man, as us dealing with customers every day, man, we had there's a guy that didn't was worried about arrows, yeah, because we had. Pearl blue instead of dark blue. Yeah, for exactly. Pearl like, blue the archers dark. might be the pickiest people out there for colors Dude, and are. stuff. Man. <laughs> There's no doubt. So, yeah, having that, you know, little stuff like that definitely makes a, a really big difference. Yeah, there's right. no doubt. So, moving on, let's go. Let's talk about Slick Trick. That's probably, I think, your second. Well, no, Scott. Let's go to Scott. Um, Scott Archery with the releases and the handles. You guys are definitely, I think, probably the largest player in the market with that. I'm going to call it. Um, there might be one other company out there. I mean, True Ball is going to be True Ball really right there. Yeah, but you guys yeah, are definitely top two, um, and that brand is, uh, I think, evolving big time. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I love. You know, I'm just going to throw it out there. You got the ugliest, baddest new release on the planet with the Apex. <laughs> um, no, I'm serious. I love that release. That release is absolutely a home run, um, and mm-hmm. it's uh, it's amazing. You guys uh, kind of up the game over that Scott Sigma. Um, that brand is doing real well for you right now. I mean, you, uh, what's coming, I mean, you just came out with that new Apex. Any new triggers coming out this year? Or are you guys going to, you know, you guys, you know, I always tell people this on the Little Goose, for example. I shot that when I was a kid. Um, right. And I'm I'm an old guy. <laughs> hey, man, it's still every bit as good as it was back then. Though. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, yeah, Scott, what a what a great brand. What a, a legacy in archery, really. There's, yeah. Uh, think about all the memories 
um, that have been created with a Scott release on your wrist. Yeah, without um, a doubt. And there's many more to come in, in terms of that. Uh, it's it's a Scott's a live, living, breathing organism that's that's evolving constantly. Uh, like I said, I just returned from New York, and I'm always popping in the engineering room and talking to those guys and watching their excitement level as, as they take the brand and and, and, and try to advance it. Uh, they're working on on really neat things. Gotcha. Um, and and I think the key there, really for for releases right now, uh, is innovation. Innovation, innovation, innovation. What can you bring uh, to the archer that's really going to induce uh, good form, easy to repeat, accurate shots? That's the challenge. And and listen, once again, right? We're archers building for archers. Our engineers are archers. They're yeah. using this stuff. They're testing it out. They're going, no, not good enough. We, we, we're going to scrap and start over. For instance, the Apex, right? Mm-hmm. Talking about the new thumb release that we came out with. That was, uh, they spent a couple of years on that release. Uh, they get it to a point to where it's good, and they go, it's not good enough. Um, you know, it came out this year. Our, our hope was that it came out last year. But we right. weren't satisfied, so we said it's not coming till we feel like it is what it needs to be. Yeah. But yeah, Scott's been around for a long time. A lot of a lot of staples in the industry with the the little goose and the shark and the, the longhorns and hey. the list goes on and on. So my, I'm gonna my my begging will will start with this is I think you guys need to do a uh, um kind of like a what do they call it when they do it a a remake or a rollout, you know, an innovative new remake. And Bridger and I have talked about this for a lot. Like there's two releases that I look for on, cause I've sold them all like an idiot. And I look for them on eBay and archery talk is a longhorn, the original longhorn and the black hole. If you guys, yeah, I was just going to ask, I would kill for a brass black hole. <laughs> Interesting. So like the brass hole. Oh, the brass hole, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But but honestly, I think I think two of the best release, two of the best hinge releases I've ever shot. I've won more tournaments with a black black hole hole. and a stainless, the stainless steel longhorn. Longhorn, exactly. Those things were just staples. And if you could do a remake of that, and God dang you, I think you'd sell the crap out of them because you can't find them right now. Hardly, they're hard to find. How long did you look for that black hole you found? Oh gosh, I. it was about every day, yeah. every day, and for months, every day for a month or two, yeah. at least. And then he, I couldn't believe Bridget comes to me and said, I got one coming in. I'm like, there's no way. <laughs> and he so, found oh, one. Really? Just, nice. yeah. I found, yeah, I finally found one on archery talk, but yeah. dude, man, like the stainless longhorns, they're, they're worth more than that weight in gold. I mean, they're literally worth more than their weight in gold. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> damn near. Cause they, those things leave immediately whenever yeah. you find them. But uh, some re-releases of those two releases would make me like really happy. But that's me. I'm selfish. That's good to hear. I know a guy. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, there, there'll probably be a conversation at the day. Yeah. Uh, well, you remember when Bowtech did it with the Destroyer? I think that was one of their top-selling bows for a long time. And they, it, well, I think, after that, Insanity C, CPX CPXL, they did a re-release of the Destroyer. I forget. You know, it was a limited. Mm-hmm. They called it a limited edition. It was a Destroyer LE. 
Um, and they just, you know, they killed it that year with it. And that's probably been not 12 years ago now, but um, that was a great bow. Yeah. Cool little bow, man. That was, it, it allowed short guys like me to actually shoot fast, which was kind of cool. You know? It's important. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, slick trick for you guys too. I mean, once again, another legacy brand. Um, I've been using slick tricks, God, as long as I can remember. Um, me too. I, I think that four blade standard has killed more animals nationwide than gosh, you know, I put it right up there with the Montec, you know, the Montec of course is, is, is crazy popular when it comes to that. But you know, you guys have definitely come out with a new hybrid this year. If I remember it's a half mechanical, half cut on contact. What's that Correct. thing called? I don't remember what the, the assailant. Was. Huh? The assailant. The assailant. That's it. Yeah, mm -hmm. cool looking head, cool looking head. A lot of innovation in that thing. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, and I've seen this happen with Slick Trick. You guys are coming up with some new heads every year. You know, and another one is the new. That uh, new fixed blade. The, yeah, what's it called? The, the SS3? Mm -hmm. What's, what's your new solid? The SS3, yeah. So, funny story. Um, Blake, who I love, and sometimes I want to kill him. Um, I was supposed to get like three packs of those, and I got three cases. <laughs> And uh, I immediately called him. I'm getting ready to. Ch I, I didn't just get ready. I chewed his butt from one end to the other, and he admitted that. Oh, my bad. <laughs> or I don't know if Blake did it, or maybe someone in shipping read it three cases instead of three packs. Um, no, the the jury's still out on that. But no, but we got him in, and I'm getting ready to send him all back. And I'm like, you know what? Let's test this thing just for the hell of it. You know, because we used to carry a tooth of the arrow was a real popular head with us. And um, I gave a pack to Jesse, one of our guys. And I said, go out there and tune this thing, shoot it long yard to see if it shoots. And uh, he goes outside and comes back in at, after 80 yards. And he's like, dude, this thing hits right behind the field point. I ain't touched it. All I did is screw it on. I'm like, you're kidding me. Okay, go kill something with it. So he takes it out to our lease and destroys a pig with it and said the, the blood trail in the hole was absolutely devastating. And uh, now since then, we started selling the crap out of them. <laughs> so that big mistake ended up being a good thing for Blake. And us. So, well, no, on that particular broadhead, when when you unpackaged it for the first time, what what was the first thing you noticed? That is going to be absolutely bulletproof. Mm -hmm. For me, just I noticed it. One piece steel, no screws and no 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 contact points. It can be out of tolerance. Um, I just thought bone breaking, tough as nails. Right. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. And that's what we wanted to achieve with that broadhead. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's, it, it's a little bit of a change on, on from a traditional slip track. Oh, without track. a doubt. Yeah. yeah. Three blades, not four. I hear, I get a lot of phone calls. Well, this thing isn't as sharp as the other ones. Um, yeah. It has a different blade angle on it by design than, than your other broadheads. It has a 20 degree very utilitarian uh, blade angle on it uh, because we want that to last and we want it to be tough and we yeah. want it to be repeatable and we also made it to where it's super easy to resharpen. You right. don't have to be a knife maker to resharpen <laughs> it. Right. Uh, and so it is a little different and people are still discovering what that is. You know, it's funny, you come out with a broadhead uh, in January you know, we live in, you know, the vast majority of, of hunters across this country are white tail guys. Yep. Mm -hmm. And they don't get to use it for six, seven months. Yeah. Uh, 
and and so they get it and they look at it and they go, it's different. It's not as sharp, uh, but they haven't had that user experience uh, with it yet. And you know, the, the few user experiences that that are coming back into the factory are exactly what we want to hear. Yeah, uh, it, it flies great. It's quiet. Uh, uh, I missed the animal. I shot a rock, and the broadhead was perfectly fine. <laughs> right. Um, and and that's really what we wanted to achieve with, it, with that broadhead was tough and durable. I'll um, tell you, one of our big uh, what I've been pushing that head on is crossbows, um, because oh, interesting because it's so dang accurate and it is and it's bone breaking. Um, it's it's right up a crossbow's alley. I mean, for us, and I'm a real big advocate of looking at broadhead length. You know, because I think I think that is probably one of the biggest misses for most manufacturers. If you can get a broadhead to be the same length as most of the field points, you're gonna it's gonna be accurate. People don't realize changing broadhead length over field points changes spine, arrow spine. And even and it may be somewhat minute, but I've in my experience, it can change the dynamic spine of an arrow in a quick hurry. I mean, and so I think that one, you guys, you know, keeping it short, that blade angle was a concern of me for me. I'm not a big fan of very obtuse angles on broadheads, but you guys uh that one seems to be performing really well. So hats off. Well, thank you for that. And once again, you know, hats off to the to the engineering team. Uh, it's it's designed, it's it's vetted, it's argued over. I mean they they, they put it through their you know, their ringers, uh, before it ever comes to the field. And uh, you know, archers building for archers right yeah oh yeah yeah and i'll tell you that but at the end of the day though it's still slick trick viper trick and standards for me <laughs> them things I'm, are, I'm a wicked trick guy you're a wicked trick guy oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I've, I've i've been a standard 100 guy scott probably for 20 years oh yeah yeah uh, it just simply works yeah it's hard to change something you had great success with oh yeah you know Without a doubt, that's a, it's just once again just a staple in the industry. Been around for forever, but man, it works. You know, and it works real well. Um, CBE, I guess, is another big one. Man, there's been a lot of evolution with CBE over the last five years. Um, you know, being a part of this uh, from a shop perspective, um, you guys really upped the game coming out of the Tech Hybrid series into the Engage series um, release. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, sites for you guys. And then the new price point site, the tactic has been just an absolute hammer for us from a shop perspective. Been a killer. Oh yeah, we sell those things hand over fist because for eighty nine bucks, the features you get with that site are are unprecedented. I mean, it's it's just a little bit more than a standard True Glow. Yeah, but you're going to get way better product. Oh yeah, True Glow Trophy Ridge. You know, it's right, and it's just and I mean they superior. Make, they make good entry point sites for. For the yeah absolute beginner, but put someone in something that's going to last. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and and I hear you guys are doing something big this year. I mean, according to Blake, or not? Yeah, uh, uh, Blake's going to get fired. <laughs> I know. He's going to be no, like, no, you can't, can't, can't keep giving away all our stuff. I know. You know, for release. <laughs> Well, if you go back and you look at the beginning of CBE, I mean, custom bow equipment, it was a target site. Oh, yeah, right? 100%. Yeah. I mean, there, were, there was a family that owned it and built great product, but it was built for the target archer. Right. right? 
and then you know that technology right was condensed down into a hunting site uh hunters need to be accurate too right <laughs> not just target guys and, and so cbe has always been a, a high-end expensive brand you know it's funny guys I've, I've had people come up to me angry talking to me about our sites because i loved them but they couldn't afford them right uh, and as you sit back and you look at what you're doing, you evaluate, uh, it, there was a story there. Uh, and, and simply it was, we need to make good product for everyone. And that's where the tactic line w- was born. How do you, how do you deliver CBE quality and that CBE experience to any archer? Right. Uh, and we sat down and, and, and our goal wasn't to make a, a an inexpensive site. Our goal was to make an affordable site that functioned well. Right. And and that's where, what you see with that. And CBE will, there's so much more to come from that brand. Uh, it, it's exciting. Custom bow equipment, the name of that brand does not say site in it anywhere. Right. It's, it's really a blank canvas for us to, to really introduce product to the market. Um, that just helps people become more accurate. We'll continue to do that, as you've seen with the stabilizers, right? Um, that we brought in under the CVE name that that have just really been very powerful, creating brand awareness and and just bringing different tools to our partners for them to sell. Um, CVE is is constantly under a microscope. Um, how do we make it better? Right. Well, how do we make it more affordable? And that's, I think there's a key there because you took CBE and you're right. I mean, I'm looking at one of them right now sitting on a bow right above me and one of the old school ones. And back in the day, they were hyper expensive. I mean, you looked at them compared. I mean, they, CBE kind of took over the market when Toxonics and Check It kind of, you know, mm-hmm. kind of went away. And the high-end target sites, man, if you you were anybody, you were shooting a CBE back in the day, you know. And, hey, um, man, dude, that Tech Target Elite is probably the only site that I would pull off, pound a nail into a board. <laughs> Put back put on back my on bow, bow and probably still hit the same spot. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, it's just, so what you did, which is awesome, is you took that and now you cover it from a price point site all the way to a high end um, hunting site um, that's got mm-hmm. all the features you would possibly need from a hunting perspective. Um, and even I think the Engage series now is arguably with the lens systems you guys can put in it, um, the shades, it is, you know, the bow hunter ASA target site. Um, you've, you've made it multifunctional, multi, you know, it's going to, it can be used for everything. Um, and that's a, that's a testament. And then I'll go back to, yeah, the CBE, the stabilizers. Um, we sell that, that dang kit, that Torx that hunting, Torx hunting kit, kit. Is the Lord almighty on the planet. You, we can't keep them in stock. Um, because you guys took that dual bar system, packaged it up in a, in a kit and made the price point. Uh, I'll be honest, um, everybody else, when we do that kit is $247. I mean, and I'm, mm-hmm. I won't name the names, but you, any other kit that you have to create and build 247 and you guys are at 189 with the same stuff, um, quality of bar, and it's a good quality bar. You know, my only complaint with Torx was I, I wasn't a fan of the, of the, uh, the target bars, you know, when they first came out two years ago, but then look what happened. You guys upped the game and came out with the spiders and they're, they're as good as any bar in the market, period. Right, right. Well, you, you know, 
kind of you see the and 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 elite share a lot of similar paths and how they've evolved when that brand came out right that the bow brand um it hit the market when the world was in a speed race yeah mm-hmm. how do you make a bow faster how do you make yeah. it faster and you know if we could rewind that uh well those bows are harsh yeah boy would they they'd spit an arrow out very fast <laughs> right. but it was very fun um, to do it. Yeah, you were going to see a chiropractor <laughs> after you shot a while, right? Right. Um, and, and what we wanted to do was create a bow that was simple to shoot and that was accurate. And, and so we looked at the target world and you go, how do you take a target bow, right, and deliver that accuracy to the hunter? It's smooth. It's easy to hold. It's easy to aim. It's easy to repeat that shot, right? Right. So we delivered that to the bow world, camouflage in right. a hunting bow. Right. And we watched the brand grow. Same path with CBE, right? How, how can you adjust your site where you need it, how you need it to make to make that shot accurate? So once again, we ran to the target world and took all the great attributes that people win money with in sites, and we delivered it to the hunter. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you said and, it before, hunters need to be accurate too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, um, yeah. We have a saying here. We always say, "Put target bow technology in our hunting bows." We do it every day. I mean, we take you know. Thank God we got Bridger here, and you know myself, and hell, even Jason now shooting at an extremely high level, and we put that stuff in our in our hunting bows every single day. And I think that's oh, what yeah. that's what makes our customers. So I mean, I'll argue from a customer base, man. We've got we got some guys can hammer. I mean these these boys can shoot. I mean, oh, hell, I've seen yes. Yeah, and we've converted a lot of those hunters into target guys now because of the similarities, mm-hmm. but they see how how much their archery progresses and then, then they get then they turn into a target junkie because man, I can be this accurate like honey bow. What I got, what can I do with a target bow? And i we've watched that progression and hell, we got a couple guys now that were four years ago just a hunters and Anderson and Keith Schnell, for example. Say, These what, boys are freaking <laughs> you put a bow in hand, they'll they'll take you to the take you to the fence <laughs> in a hurry. Well, when you look at a technical hunter setup, I mean, the lines are blurred between a hunting bow and target bow. Yeah. I mean, they're very sure. similar. Yeah. The dimensions are different, but the technology is the same. Yeah. Uh, and and that's, as a company, where we're trying to sit, right there in that blurry area, right, right uh, for the hunter. We want that hunter to be able to shoot that animal at distance when he needs to. Are yeah. we telling them to go take long shots? No, we're not. But what we are putting in the position to if they make that decision, they're accurate. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because you look at, um, I'll use the remedy as an example. Every bow company makes what I consider to be a hybrid where a guy can mm-hmm. go hunt with that bow but also take it on a 3D course and compete at, you know, hell, even open freestyle with it. Um, right. On rare occasion, do you see one that's actively being used out there? And I think this year the remedy is your guys's hybrid and honestly i mean for me i think it shoots better than the result personally but i'm a short guy um that remedy is a hammer i mean you would have no, you'll have no problem taking it out and competing in open freestyle with it and dropping some bomb scores and also yeah. well i mean blake shooting blake shot it blake at, shooting. uh he shot it in paris i think yeah and oh yeah we've got quite a few guys shooting oh, it. Cade, absolutely Cade shooting it cody's got it yeah. set up and yeah. uh 
I shot a K. I mean, you it's, shot it's, a little yeah, bit, yeah. it's it's a it's a heck of a bow, and that's that is where that those blurred lines you're talking about, I think, are really important, and I think that is a testament to what to you guys doing a great job with that with that market that market niche this year. We 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 learned that lesson back in the day with the Energy Thirty Five. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Right, and 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 the success of that really jumped out at us. And, and here's how we approach it as a company. Uh, archery equipment, good archery equipment is expensive. Yeah. Uh, um, and there's a lot of people out there with families that have a limited budget. How do you build a bow, right, for a guy on a budget that wants to participate in all the disciplines? He wants to shoot 3D, maybe indoor and hunt, but he can only he can only buy one bow. Right. Right, deliver a bow that that can cross the line, can go from the tree to the line, yep. go to the range, and shoot well for them, and 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 give them a bow that's a jack of all trades. Uh, I, I think we do well at that. Yeah, uh, and the remedy certainly fits that bill. This is a bow I shoot. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a hammer. Um, let's jump over to your other lines. I mean, so we went over Slick Trick, Scott CBE, and uh, you know, so dual game calls, and what was the other one? Solid uh, KMX crossbows. KMX crossbows, yeah. Um, winner's choice. Winner's choice, yeah. Winner's choice is an obvious one. You, <laughs> you know, right. honestly, that was a smart move for you guys. If I, I always tell every customer this that because you know manufacturers' factory strings are always polarizing. They're, um, I, I I always compare them to the the tires you buy in a brand new truck. Yeah, I mean they're. It'll roll down the road, but yeah, exactly. But you know, you guys were smart. You went ahead and acquired Winner's Choice, which is now building the strings for your bows. And there's not mm-hmm. a lot of companies, manufacturers, can say, "Yeah, we we bought what was arguably probably one of the best string manufacturers in the business at the time." Hell, I used Winner's Choice back in the mm-hmm. day. You know, we switched back between them and Vapor Trail a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And I think now you probably have probably the best manufacturer's bowstring in the marketplace because of it. Like where you don't have to go build a custom set of strings to, to get good performance out of your equipment. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, as a company, when we were trying to break into the industry and differentiate ourselves from all the manufacturers, how how could we build in value to what we did? You know, when somebody's sitting there and going, you know, I like this bow as much as the next one. Which one do I buy? Well, you know, the fact that it had winner's choice strings on it a lot of times was that factor that, that tipped the scale in our favor. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and strings are, are probably the most underrated part of the bow and <laughs> yeah. how important they are. And a lot of people take it for granted. A lot of people, you know, as well as I do, this bow does not shoot well. That's the story you hear. Yeah. And it really boils down to it's the strings on it. Yeah. Right. And you replace those strings and now it's a completely different experience. What we wanted to do was short track that for the customer. Right. And, and, and put a, you know, a quality set of strings from the get go on there for them. So, so they had a good experience with the bow and, and winner's choice was really a no brainer for us when it became available to sell. Right. Uh, quality name, quality brand, have been there forever. And so we were very fortunate, you know, to put it in our portfolio of products when, when it became available. Uh, and it's it's a, a great performer for us. It, it's a solid brand and it's a valued, valued piece of our, our business. Yeah. 
There's no doubt. And I, I want to go down a rabbit hole a little bit with that too, with winner's choice, because, you know, I've always been impressed. And this is where I will throw a lot of, I'll throw side bottom, who's your chief engineer, a ton of, ton of praise. Because you guys are the one of the few bow manufacturers right now that are not putting 24 to 36 knot points on your string to create speed. That, that, because I'm, I'm going to tell you, there's so much horse crap in the market right now about speed. And these other manufacturers are creating inflated numbers because they're whipping the string, not realizing. And I think that is a determining factor on why their strings degrade so quickly. You know, uh -huh. you, you create that inertia and that material at that split second upon the release, you're tearing up fibers. I don't care who you are. I mean, I watch Bridger, somebody, you know, he sits back there and will pinch on 24 knocking points on a string and, you know, put the heat shrink tubing on it and stuff. And, and it, it drives me bananas because I'm an engineer and I'm like, you know, it's just, it's false speed. It's not, yeah. that is not built into the cam. It's not built into the limbs. It's not built into the design. It's using a, a Newton's law of gravity and it's using inertia to create speed. And one thing I'll tell you about you guys, you guys have created, I think probably if not the fastest, one of the fastest bows in the marketplace without doing that. And that's, right. that's freaking huge there's, for me. There's four rubber, four rubber dampeners, dampeners, dampeners on the string <laughs> yeah. and that's it. Versus that might weigh what? A couple grains. I, I, mean, I think they're maybe. 20 grain, 20 or 30 grains yeah. a piece, but man, I, I'm Gosh, I'm trying to think what bow's got the most right now. It's got to be a Matthews, like a Matthews. Matthews. There's like close to 30, 30, 30 brass knocks on. Yeah, it's half <laughs> freaking knocks. crazy. Yeah, and I'm not bashing them, but it's it's just a false sp speed creation number. I'll I mean, tell you, as, as a guy that builds strings in the store here, man, it's a hell of a lot easier building strings for an elite than anything yeah, else. It it takes a lot less time. I ain't crimping my hands together putting freaking <laughs> right. brass knocks on every string. Absolutely. So, but that's right, but, and, and and you said it. Kudos to Josh, right? I'll go back to my old football coach. He used to tell us championships are won during the off season, right? Yeah, right. Uh, it's what you do before you get to the game, and and the same rule applies to engineering. I mean, how we're able to do that is through efficiency, mm -hmm. right? And and that's a whole other rabbit hole. Well, the efficiency, and 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 so the speed is earned through design. Absolutely. Um, not not through ornaments. Yes, on the bow. Yes, to cover it up, uh, and that's something that Josh holds near and dear to, to his reputation and and what he does. Uh, and he he's earned the performance of that bow through hours of research and design, uh, and that team has. And so it's really not needed uh, to put the speed knots on the string. It's 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 earned through the cam design through the efficiency of the bow, and it just it performs well and that's what i think a lot of people don't realize and that's one of the things that we talk to i talk to my customers about it because i'm trying to educate them on you know what's good and what's bad for the bow you know and where the where the holes are and i'm not saying that i'm not bashing matthews or hoyt and any of the guys for putting so many speed knocks on there but at the end of the day it is a false creation of speed that ends up degrading your equipment much quicker i mean it's just science and i give you guys a lot of credit because you built it into the damn cam and that is a testament to true engineering, you know, Agreed. and, and, and honestly, I mean, guys, you know, string making is not rocket science, but at the end of the day, I think it's helping your strings last longer, stay in tune longer. And, 
why I think they're, they're probably some of the best out there from a manufacturer's. You like, for example, your bow, I rarely will talk to customers about, hey, you need to get new strings. <laughs> we just, I don't, I, that's not an upsell item for your bow, which kind of hurts us sometimes. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you this, on the other ones, I tell them right away, just get strings. Do it now. You'll be chasing, yeah, you'll, you'll be chasing your peep for about six months. <laughs> We're always looking for long-term solutions as yeah. opposed to a short-term fix. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and the ripple effect of that is, once again, customer experience. You know, the customer might have a great experience for three, four months, and we don't want them to become frustrated Right. Mm-hmm. that early into the boat. We want them, you know, to, to have a good experience one year, two years, three years in, and, and the boat just repeats, right? It shoots over and over and over. And that's, you know, part of our thought process. Yeah, gotcha. So game calls, man, what brought that one on? I always thought that was a unique part of your business that was kind of, it seemed like it was sitting out there in left field. Yeah, right. Um, So a guy goes and spends $1,000 on a set of camouflage. Um, Got $2,500 in a bow. He, He pulls up to his, his property in a $60,000 truck and he goes sits in his stand uh, and the gap between him and success is his ability to talk to the animal. Right. Looks good out there. He's got all the right equipment, but can he get it in to shoot it? Right. Uh, game calls have always been somewhat a, a weak point in the hunting industry, in my opinion, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially a deer, let's talk a deer just, just for instance, you know, he, he makes a living with his eyes and his nose. Right. And there's all kind of products out there designed to fool his eyes and fool his nose. But what about what he hears? And, you know, hunters are going out into the woods with a $7, call trying to speak to an animal and uh, when he hears it he knows something's wrong with it right uh, but yet we don't uh, and so when he when you know and that's where dual was born D- dual refers to two sound chambers right and so mm-hmm. it's designed anatomically correct to use a tag phrase but when you speak and I speak, I mean, we use our throat and our, our nasal passage and all that creates sound, right? Right. Uh, if I get, got on the phone call this morning with you and I had a cold, I'm going to sound different. You're going to notice it. And you're going to say, hey, Paul, what's wrong? Right. I'm going to say, oh, I don't feel real well. Okay. But your ear picks it up and you go, something's different. Same thing happens to an animal. When they hear a sound that's different, it stands out to them and they take notice of it and they go, why is that different? Then they start using their nose and then they start using their eyes trying to detect what's out of place. And so dual was designed to really be able to come out, create a sound that, that was familiar to the animal uh, and really pique their interest. Gotcha. That's actually a good, do you know what's funny? That's a hell of an explanation. Yeah, it's, the I've never, I've ever heard. it's the best I've ever heard. Dude, you're a salesman, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I mean, I'll say it works at least from a a, a deer standpoint. Yeah, right. I mean, growing up in Iowa, I talked to I. Number one way I kill deer is talking to them. Yeah. And 
God, man, it's way easier with a good set of calls and a decent set of rattling antlers. Right. And that's I'll, I will say that if you, if you want dual game calls to have anything over anybody else, man, come on with a good set of of artificial rattling. Yeah, an artificial rattling apparatus, something better than two little, plastic antlers or, or a bag, or a the bag or a cloth bag full of Lincoln logs. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Rekindled 
the fire for a lot of people that left the yeah. sport. So I think it's here for a while. And and the numbers are showing it to be true. You know, as a business owner, Scott, uh, there's ebbs and flows. Archery is very seasonal. Yeah. And for us, the slow periods of the year don't exist anymore. No. There's, there's no downtime. I've, I would argue, I would argue the same thing, man. Because, gosh, last year or this year especially, I mean, normally we have always have kind of a slow time of year, and stuff's kind of slowed down a little bit. But man, I I don't know if we had a slow time last no, year, no, that's uh, what, to catch up on stuff. That's and what I'm saying. Same thing this year, yeah. man. It's hard to hard to keep ahead of things. Typically, manufacturers this time of year are starting to catch up, and their lead times are shrinking. And we're seeing a lot of them sustain long mm-hmm. lead times. And I don't see any light at the end of the tunnel on that, personally. I don't think that's stopping. Um, well, hell, and elk season down to demand, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Well, elk season is two and a half months away. And you're going to see, I think, in the next 30 days, this place is going to go psycho. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to get crazy. Um, Agreed. And we're going to see stuff, you know, start flying off the shelf, especially for the guys that are waiting last minute, which happens every single year. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I'm cautiously optimistic about it. I mean, I, God, I just always wait for a market correction. It seems like it always happens and I'm not seeing any sign of that right now, you know, and I've talked to a lot of the other industry, especially, you know, manufacturers and professionals in their field. And it, it, you know, you're getting a little, I get a little bit of all over the map answers, but there's one common theme that they don't think that there's going to be a big fall off. It may not sustain itself at the highest levels that it is now, but the market has has made a shift and a switch. And you know, it's funny. There's a there's another podcasting guy out there that I you know that we all know, and I'm not going to name names, but is always talking about how bad the industry is and how horrible hunting is, and if we don't get people back into it, it's going to go away and blah blah blah. But then I know for a fact that Montana had over seventy some thousand additional applications this year for elk. I think right. New Mexico had over 60,000 plus. I know just in sheep tags alone, I think there was about a 600% growth on applications for sheep hunters. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that's telling me this is not going away. This is not dying. It's not getting you know slow. I mean, maybe on the whitetail side potentially because some guys are shifting over to the Western mountain hunting and maybe reducing whitetail numbers, hunters, but I'm just not seeing that. You'll see a lot of whitetail hunters in the the beginner uh, portion of the industry. Right. And I think that just tagging along on that, I think that it's going to plateau, but I don't think it's going to diminish. And, and I think what's going to help this is going to be the driving factor of it is going to be the gun business. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. when, when ammo continues to be so expensive, people are going to continue to look for archery. Yep. Guns are going right. to, building guns are going to, you can't get the parts. Right. You can you can definitely get elite bows. We we've established that now, <laughs> right? Um, so I think that's going to be a big driving factor. the The gun business is going to boost the the archery world. Yeah. No, I, I I think there's I think there's another factor there bringing people to the sport too. Oddly enough, um, and it's the culinary world. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, food, yeah, for sure. Yeah, think about the the, the farm to table movement. Think about all the pellet grills that have been sold and people now can take and create restaurant quality food at, at home now easily. Yeah. Uh, and they have cookouts and people come over and they go, Oh, what was that? Oh, well, that was 
you know, that was a back strap. That was, you know, that was a, a shoulder that pulled forth was a shoulder off of a wild hog and people going, Oh wow, that's out there. I can go get it. Yeah. Right. So I think a lot of people are getting introduced to the sport also just from the organic movement that filled the table exactly. desire to be in control of, of what they put in their body too. Yeah. Well, you know, you've seen it this year. Um, you know, you were, um, lucky enough to come down and, and come to the total archery challenge event here in San Antonio. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've watched that event in the last, you know, we've been a part of it now for six years and, you know, it go from what, 350 participants and there was over 11, 1200 this year. Um, and, and that's bow hunters exclusively, not target guys. That is bow, bow hunters in Texas in April. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you couldn't get a slower time of the year to be a bow hunter. Um, you know, there, most, most yeah, yeah, most guys are looking for fishing opportunities. Yeah. And, and here we pack that place. And hell, if you want to go to Bozeman, Montana, or, or, or one of the other Western Mountain, they, they sell out in two hours mm-hmm. or less. I mean, you, you sitting there hitting refresh to, yeah. to, <laughs> to get a ticket. <laughs> to get a ticket anymore. <laughs> and so that whole movement of hunters and that, and, you know, Paul, to your point, those are bow hunters that are driven uh, off feeding their families, you know, and, and you know, um, yeah, I, I say that there's a whole new genre of, you know, you've got your target guys, which you can subcategory into 3D, FIDA, and field. And so there, there's three subcategories under just target shooters. And then you've got the recreational bow hunter guy who comes in mm-hmm. today. And we've got this whole new genre of guys called the tack shooter. I mean, you, right. have you ever seen so much camo in one place in your life? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, it blew me away, Scott. Yeah. Having gone to, you know, the major archery tournaments, and that was my first pack event. I heard about it, and I watched it. And, yeah. But to experience it, it's a whole different level of, of excitement yeah. around the sport. Uh, it's here to stay, and I think it's going to change archery. Yeah, I agree. Well, you just. You think, and you've been to ours. I mean, you've been to that San Antonio one. I can't wait. Aren't you scheduled to go to one of the big ones out west? Yes, yes. The you're, Park you, City. You're, you're going to crap. Dude, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I, I mean, I went to Bozeman for the first time, a first time ever, you know, just going there. But that was the first tack event I had ever been to. And as somebody that's been to damn near every single archery event, archery <laughs> event you could possibly think yeah. about going to yeah. from a target perspective and a trade show perspective. Yeah. Like it's, it is a totally different animal, man. Yeah. And it, it, damn, is it a lot of fun? Well, Bridger, <laughs> Bridger Deaton came back from that shoot. True story. And to his point, he shot everything. Bridger's done it all. And he said, I have never had that much fun shooting my bow at any place in the world at any yeah. time. Right. I mean, I mean, that's, that's that honest to God other, truth, man. I heard it from a couple of other professional archers. And, and, and you know what? That's really what jumped out to me at TAC, where the, the amount of smiles that I saw on people's face. How many times people can... People were having fun. Now, take it to a, to a traditional archery tournament, a guy shoots an eight and his whole weekend's ruined. <laughs> I was going to say, I've never, yeah, I think right? Sky was getting ready to say the same I thing. I've never seen any more happy people blasting, blasting the crap out arrows. arrows. Exactly. You, you, I don't right. know if you've and seen it, it. There's an arrow bucket of death there and there's got to be a thousand yeah. arrows in it. And at least guys coming off the course. There's a smile on every one of those better. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I've never been so happy to score a five. Yeah, exactly. I hit it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Right, it boils down to the joy of archery. Yeah, I, I mean, 
listen, we've all gone out and shot and got aggravated, but I've never had a bad time shooting a bow. Right. I might not have shot as well as I hoped, but it's always fun. And that's what lived at TAC for me. I was watching the joy the people had. It was refreshing. Yeah, without a doubt. There's no doubt because, you know, of course, Bridger, me, and Jason all shoot competitively on the from a, a tour perspective. And I can say there are times I go, and I know Bridger especially, um, we're not having fun. <laughs> it's, you know, it's like a job that you're failing at and your boss is yelling at you. And, God, I sometimes I just want to wrap that bow around a tree. Um, but yeah, tack events are one of those things you, I shot horribly cause I was setting the bow up as I was shooting, but still, man, it's just, you know, it's a camaraderie. I was shooting with my good buddies. Um, we're making up shots and you know, 150 yards and doing stupid stuff with our bows and God darn, is it fun? And I missed, I feel like I lost like six arrows, um, and didn't care. And it's also an event where you can actually put your bow through the ringer and see oh, what it's made of. Lord. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah, get out there and shoot that thing. So that's exciting stuff. That's for dang sure. Um, I know it's been we're going on freaking two hours, aren't we already? Yeah, I probably we could probably talk forever, Paul. You got any um good stuff you want to share with us? What's going on for with TOG? I know you guys are are slamming and jamming right now. Any? Yes, you know I I can't let the cat out of the bag, (laughs) right? but I can tell you this, I've, uh, I've been with the company nine years and we've seen a lot of growth and I'm always excited uh, when a new year approaches, uh, but I've never been as excited as I am this year. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the vision of, of what we're trying to bring to market is, is happening. It's, it's not something that, that we talk about anymore. It's something that we're acting on and, and uh, I just can't wait for people to see what we've been doing um, and, and, and to let them see it, feel it, and, and, and shoot it and experience it. Uh, there's great things coming. Um, and I'm ready for people to see it. So yeah. That's it's, awesome. It's an exciting time. Uh, it's been a lot of fun uh, to do it, but... Uh, it's even more fun for when when you finally get to put it in somebody's hands and go, okay, tell me what you think. Right. Uh, and that time's getting close. So lots of great things coming uh, from all of our brands. Uh, it boils down to innovation, uh, and I think we will deliver That's in, awesome. in a big way this year. Yeah. We're excited. I know that. I've, I'll say you guys did a – I told Blake, I said, yeah, whatever you do, don't change that damn encore. But he's like, yeah, wait till you see it. <laughs> you know, he loves teasing me because um, I love that bow. That bow's, that bow's amazing. It needs to be around for a little while. And it will be. Yeah, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. Yeah. Um, Paul, thank you so much for uh, coming on and sharing some stuff with us. I appreciate that. I know it's uh, two hours out of your day on a Friday. You probably had, you probably pushed off a lot of conference calls today. Um, I'm for on us. vacation. Oh, you're on vacation. Yeah, oh, so no conference calls getting pushed off. There That's you good. go. So are you uh, are you not going? You just doing a home vacation, just decompressing? Uh, yeah, a little bit. My wife and I took a trip. We got home yesterday. Oh, sweet. Uh, nice. So a little short trip, but lots to do around gotcha. the house. Uh, just to get caught up. Yeah. Well, you're on the road a lot. I know that. Back and forth between there and New York. Yeah, yeah. A lot of well, a lot of we work a lot. 
Yeah. We work a lot. <laughs> no, for archery guys, it usually never ends. I'm telling you. I've learned that it about don't. this industry. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. You, you mentioned that. We live this. I mean, yeah. Even I, gun, you know, gun guys, Jason, you're an ex-gun guy. Do gun guys live the sport like we do? Oh, yeah. Do they really? Mm-hmm. Okay. I was curious. Yeah. If it, yeah. If it all in consuming and can, you know, just suck you up. Yeah. And the big thing for them is, depending on what manufacturer you are, you don't just work certain things. You cross over into the uh, the contractor, homeland security sectors. Right. And now you're traveling the world. Yeah. all these different expos and these different sales events and everything. Yeah, yeah it's it's hectic. So it's, it's just as consuming as archery. I would say archery's got it rough, but not as rough. Really? Yeah. Are they as nerdy as we are? Yeah. Gotta yeah. Be. Gotta be, right? We're nerds. <laughs> <laughs> I've said that forever. <laughs> We're, yeah. Br- Br- Bridger's always said, he says, archery is full of geeks. <laughs> yeah, I'm one of them. <laughs> hey, man. It, yeah. That's true. Yeah, we got Eva Shockey though. Come on, Eva's good to look at. She's pretty. She's not a nerd. <laughs> got her shaking her head. Anyways, Paul, thank you again, man. You have a great weekend. Um, hopefully, we may be able to get you back on sometime, and we can talk about some other stuff, like maybe just hunting. Oh, but by the way, I do want to share this. So we're going on an elk hunt together here in about three months. Yes, we are. Yeah, you're now. This will be your first elk hunt with a bow. It will be. I'm ashamed to yeah. say, uh, but I'm so excited. Oh, it's going to be amazing. I got camouflage in this week. I'm ready to roll. There you go. Now we're going to have a good time. We're actually the place we're going. Uh, I got a chance to hunt it last year. We're going to see and hear a crap load of elk. Um, I'm hoping we're good enough to get them to come in and play, which is was tough for us last year. Um, but it's setting up pretty good. There's a, there's a lot of water down south right now, and um, it won't be as dry as it was last year, which I think is going to keep the animals moving a lot more. Um, they were really predicated on water last year. If you weren't around it, you weren't, you weren't seeing them. And we unfortunately had a really big Creek across the fence that we couldn't cross and they lived on it, but, uh, it's going to be a blast. Plus you get a, you're going to run the, your bow and get a chance to run the bows through the, through their paces, which is going to be awesome. So you'll get to see, you know, what the, the vision is in your head and how it's going to perform out there in the field. Cause it's a different animal for sure. Right, right, right. And that's, you know, kind of the genesis behind the trip. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be... Let's get some new stuff out there and let's see how it works. Absolutely. It's going to be a lot of fun and we're going to get a chance to go call some animals and let you guys experience it. And I think you're going to have a a hell of a good time. And it's not going to be crazy from an athletic and being in shape hunt. It's it's fairly simple. You don't have to... You're not going to have to start running 10 miles a day right now. But I I hope you get addicted enough then we'll go on a backcountry hunt and go kick your tail once and get you in shape at your age. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not scared. I'm in. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, listen, Paul, thank you again. You guys have a great rest of your day and keep, keep trucking along. You, you're as a company, you guys are killing it. Share that with Anthony and the rest of the guys out there. I know behind the scenes and uh, we're excited. Um, it's definitely one of our top sellers this year. We're, we're on the train. And we're gonna we're gonna ride it out as long as we can for sure. Well, thank you for that. Listen, uh, we're nothing without you guys. So appreciation to you and all the partners that support us. We're only as good as our partners, and you know, God bless you guys. Appreciate all you do. All right, my friend. You take care and have a good weekend. Great. Thanks, Scott. All right. Y'all take care. See, See you. Thanks, Paul. Bye. Bye. 
Well, that was good. It was a long time. Mm-hmm. I didn't think we'd go that far. Damn. Well, you covered a, a lot. Well, I wanted to cover all their brands. You know, TOG is one of them companies that's it's a lot of businesses under they, that umbrella. They definitely do a little bit of everything. Yeah. They're probably, I mean, between them and Faradine, two of the biggest as far as just product breadth. Well, I don't know about Faradine didn't have a boat. I don't know about that. I mean, I they're definitely one of the few companies that they're one of the few like groups or, or, uh, yeah buying groups or whatever you want to call them like one of the few parent companies that you could literally buy everything from yeah i was gonna say from bows to to calls bows to calls to yeah. broadheads uh i guess they don't have arrows or they dabble in the arrow market a little bit a mess around I, I mean like they have an elite branded yeah. arrow, arrow but somebody else makes right. it but, right uh so they just need arrows and optics Arrows and optics, really. Yeah, one-stop shop. No, for real. Really? They're, they're that close. I mean, close. they, they kind of cover most of the bases yeah. there. Because so. other than that, you have, what, Arcus, um, Vista, and Arcus, Faradine. Vista, Faradine, G, uh, GSM. Uh, God, there's more buying groups out there than I thought. More. I one or two more, I think. Yeah. But, LEA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No, that's wild. But, yeah, I, I just thought it would be important to kind of talk through each of their brands because I, I know for me, I mean, for the common person, I bet they don't even know that Slick Trick is owned by TOG, mm-hmm. who makes Elite. And I think if you can tie all those together, you know, there's some guys, you, and you know this, I imagine it happens in gun world, and I know it happens in the bow world. You see a guy come in with a, you know, a Matthews brand of bow, and he's got Matthews everything on it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking stabilizers, rests, quiver, mm-hmm. you know, it's, and that's the way they want to buy it. Like, I want everything. Well, that's when you look at him and you say, you know, that there's other stuff out there. Yeah. I know. But, but yeah, I just wanted to One make sure that he, shop. yeah, he got a chance to to talk about each of the brands and stuff. And, you know, like I said, I, right now for me, I think they're, you know, I love selling their bows because they can get them. Mm-hmm. I don't worry about their lead times. I mean, hell, we just ordered, what, 10 of those new uh, Booney Encores and everything. And hell, we got more than half of them. And I just ordered them like four weeks ago. I don't know, dude, that one guy, I sold one too and he. Like I called him like three days later, and he's yeah. like, "Holy f!" Like he was, <laughs> he was ready to wait till hunting season before right. he even got a bow. Right. So I mean, it's cool to see, man. And there is nobody else doing that right now. Yeah, no, I mean, not even close. Unfortunately, no. So it's it's they've been nice to deal with because it's been readily available without a lot of headaches, and I can't say that about others right now. So. Anyways, uh, we should probably open our store here. Yeah, I know. Folks, we appreciate you guys uh, listening to us. I think we've uh, been covering as many topics as we can. Once again, keep the information coming to us. If you guys got feedback, you got questions or anything, get them over to us and we'll get them out there as soon as we can. Other than that, thanks for listening. Stay tuned for the next one. It's going to be a doozy. Is it? Oh, yeah. Uh oh. (laughs) We're going to get Scott riled up. No, we're not getting Scott riled up. Big time. Well, I'm taking a calming pill. No, you're not. What are we talking about? Are we doing a teaser? No, I don't want to do a teaser. Okay. Let's <laughs> just put it that. Sounds These guys good. love to make me mad. You're not going to be mad. You're just going to be, <laughs> it's going to be full of information. Oh, there you go. On okay. Things that you shouldn't do. Oh, there you go. So, <laughs> see you next time. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye.